honesty hour, I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hey, you are listening to the Strange on Purpose podcast. Just wanted to give a huge shout out to everybody that has tuned in, everybody that's listened, that's left a review or subscribed to our podcast. It's been a total blast putting this together and we're super excited about all the people that we've been interviewing, the people that we have coming up. So for this episode, we've got Brittany Crystal, who... I met when I was out in LA and she's just a total badass. She's worked with people like Marie Forleo, Gary Vaynerchuk, and Tom Billaloo. And she is the host of the Beyond Influential podcast, which is incredible. She's one of the best in the world at just pulling actionable steps out of the people that she interviews. So in this episode, we dive into branding and building influence in her story. So I'm super excited and I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, Brittany, I am so, so excited for this episode because I've been following you for a long time, met you out in LA, and you absolutely crushed it on that panel. So thank you for coming on the Strange on Purpose podcast. And thank you so much. It's, I've been watching you too. It was an honor to meet you and to watch you. I think it was your first time speaking on stage and to watch as like now you're going to give your TEDx talk and just how you've evolved as a business person, as a speaker, all of these things. It's really exciting. So congrats, man. I appreciate it. I actually, I never told you this, but I... That was one of my first times speaking. I was so in my feelings after going on stage of like, damn, that fucking sucked. But you were you were the first person that came up to me and was like, that was good. Even if it wasn't, like that meant a lot to me. It so was. I appreciate, I appreciate I it. Spoke from, I love people who are themselves and you went up there and spoke from the heart. Maybe you weren't prepared. Maybe that's why you didn't feel like, oh, I don't have like a presentation. It worked because you didn't have a presentation. And so I was like, I had, I had to tell you. <laughs> I appreciate it. it. Meant the world to me. Um, I wanna, I wanna like heavily focus on influence because I feel like you're the perfect person for that. Whenever anybody asks me like who's a who's an expert in personal branding, you're one of the few that I'm like, okay, yeah, she knows what she's doing. She's a fucking badass. Um, I want to touch on that, but before all of that, I'd love to dive into like you and your story and how you got to where you are today. However, you want to answer that. I will try to make this. <laughs> Depending on whose podcast I'm on, some people really like to dive into the nitty gritty, but I'm going to try to keep this as as broad as possible. I never thought I would be doing what I do now. I never thought, oh, I'm going to grow up and work in personal branding or online. Like Facebook came around when I was in college, so the online space wasn't the thing. I grew up in Calabasas. I wanted to work in television. And because, so I'm not traditionally what I would consider a creative. I was always a good student. I was always good in school. The options were kind of like, okay, the goal is to make money and be in a safe, stable profession. So science wasn't so much my thing, so lawyer it was. So I went through school this entire time, even like up in high school. If you look at my high school yearbook, it was like, you're going to be an entertainment lawyer. Like, no joke, it says that. So I was like, okay, how can I combine what I love and then like the safe, stable part? So entertainment lawyer was the thing. I went to UCLA. I finished in three years. I was like, just on this path to this job I thought I wanted and was supposed to be. And then when I got to law school, I went to Georgetown for law school, I realized very, very quickly it was not what I wanted. And, you know, people were like, oh, why would you go through all of that training to quit? 
just so you guys know, one, the experience is never useless. Two, I have my license and it gives you credibility. But three, just because you invested time into something does not mean you can't and shouldn't pivot. Like there are so many people I know who literally are still doing law who really hate it, who cannot get over the thought of giving up that in quotes investment. And, and so, so they'd, they'd rather, rather be miserable or not doing what they want to do because they committed to three years of school. And yes, I understand the debt and whatnot, but there are other ways to make money. So that's the whole thing. So I went to law school, I passed the bar to make sure nobody could say that I couldn't do it. And then I moved back to LA to work in Hollywood to kind of go down that entertainment path. And again, I thought I needed to do it from the business angle. I ended up working at ICM, which is a big talent agency. I worked at a management company. And then this was like when reality TV was, was now a thing. So I worked at a production company that specialized in reality TV and ended up working at the Lifetime Network because I thought I wanted to be the one who made the decisions of what went on TV. And then I realized inside of Hollywood, it was very, this was before obviously the Me Too stuff. It was not the best place for me. It was, I'm competitive, but I like to win together. It was cutthroat in a way that rewarded bad behavior. It wasn't a meritocracy. It just wasn't the right thing for me. And nobody wanted to try new ideas. I know that sounds weird. Like, yeah. I knew what, basically I knew when I would watch a show, I watched so much TV because I love that kind of content. I knew what would stay on the air. But like inside of the network or an organization that does respond to you know stockholders and shareholders, people don't want to take risks. And so I was busy looking at what the people were doing for the PR team on the social media side. And basically I knew that I, I knew I knew something about marketing or branding or, or something about positioning in that way, like intuitively, but I didn't know how to apply it. So I was basically going through all of these jobs. And then I started studying for the GMAT because I, I thought I had to go to business school. I was told that I couldn't transition. And now I know that's horseshit. I couldn't transition careers and I couldn't switch industries. And so I started studying for the GMAT. My now fiance actually sent me, this was in 2014, Gary Vaynerchuk tweet, didn't know who Gary V was, had no clue. He was like, you don't need to go to business school. Like, I think you'll be interested in this guy, just look into it. And basically Gary's tweet was just that he was opening an office in LA. Like that was it. It wasn't like anything super exciting. And I told, I was like, there's no way I'm gonna get a job just randomly through a website. So I picked, went to the website, I picked a job, I hoped I was qualified for, and I got my foot in the door in August of 2014 there, and trying to make a long story longer, um, I met Gary four months in at the Christmas party. And first of all, I love that experience at Vayner because and in Hollywood, I was literally asking, as an adult, I, and with, you know, as a lawyer, I was literally having to ask to go to the restroom. Like it was that kind of life. Like if you miss an email or a call, like it's the end of the world pretty much. And so to be in a place where you can actually like get up and go to the restroom was like such a huge improvement. So people talk about the attitude that you have to have in order to come in. I think that had I had any of the jobs that I had after law school, before law school, my ego would have gotten in the way of me learning the lessons I needed to learn. And I think that's kind of an important point because I needed to be humble enough to like eat shit for those years after law school to really appreciate the opportunity that Gary ended up giving me. So when I met Gary, you know, he was interesting at the Christmas party. I like to tell this story because it was super weird. He ate all my leftover and the two other dudes who were with us on our, uh, cause he was on my same trivia team. Um, 
She ate all of my leftover chicken wings, like the scraps. <laughs> and I was so confused all night. He was just like, he was just kind of a beast that way. Like very, he's exactly who you think he is. And then the next month he came back and in a business context when you're one-on-one, he's a little bit toned down a little bit. And he was just like, you're overqualified for what you do. What do you really want to do? And I thought I wanted to invest his money because I used to play poker. And so I was like, oh, I re-, you know, I thought like I could use my intuition to kind of game that system and invest in things. And he was like, I want you to look into growth hacking and influence. And so for the, and then he asked me if I would consider moving to New York. I lived in New York before I passed bar in New York. I wasn't sure. I was like, maybe, like, depends what, why, but you're not going to say no to the CEO of your company. So over the next few months, he'd ask me how long I'd come out for. And then finally in the summer of 2015, he was like, I think you know something about influence. I think he was like, just give me a year. Come out, give me a year. I'm about to get really serious about my personal brand. I'm about to be putting out at the time, uh, my fourth, hopefully number one, New York Times bestselling book. Basically, he knew he was about to create this content machine, and he had this vision. Yeah. And so I moved out in October of 2015, and I did more than a year there. But I didn't realize my plan going in. At that point, I knew I probably wanted to work for myself. Like it had, it was just coming up. And then the goal for me was, okay, this is going to be my MBA year. This is the MBA that I'm not going to go to school for. I'm going to learn everything I can here. And at the end of this year, I'm going to pitch this man on a startup idea. And that completely changed when I fell in love with building his personal brand. And I got to learn everything about building a personal brand online. And we can dig into that because I know I've been talking for a bit, but that's really where I found my area and started hitting my stride. And I've learned a lot since then because that was 2015 and we're in 2019. So yeah. a lot's happened. <laughs> so what were you doing specifically before we move on? Like, what were you doing there? Yeah. What did you learn there? learn for Gary specifically. So it, in the Vayner LA office, just to give context, I was in project management. So I was the go between between the creative and account team. So I got to see how everything just worked. And I was working on brand brands like Naked Juice and Honda and all of these different, um, not Honda, Toyota, they're gonna be pissed about that. Um, E-Network, you know, Fox, they were, you know, like larger brands and that wasn't as appealing to me that's where I learned that that side wasn't appealing to me yeah. as much. And when I started working for Gary, I realized the personal brand thing. I love people, like the people element and what makes people interesting and the reach that people can have and that impact is so different and astronomical to me. Like it was just kind of mind blowing. So for Gary, I moved, I know people, some people need like firm titles. My title was like in quotes, growth hacker or something. Basically I had to do it was like a small startup. It was like six to eight people basically at the time, the team, and you had to kind of do everything and anything that was required aside from, for me, aside from actually video editing, holding a camera or designing anything. So I was doing things from biz dev to learning to run paid ads. I had to, I got to a point and this is just, I mean, it's been invaluable for what I do now. I could watch, let's say a 20 minute Gary speech or video I knew which two to three clips to pull. I knew which 10 image quotes. I knew which article to write and I knew how to optimize them and I still do across every platform. And I knew he was testing everything on himself too. So I knew this was gonna be built out into something. And actually probably the best assignment I got and the most impactful assignment I got was for his book launch because we had to learn how to launch a book. Um, he needed or he asked me to find 750 influencers to hold his book for free 
And I kind of thought this was going to be impossible. <laughs> I was like, how am I going to do this? And, you know, we had lists of people who were following him. And I was reaching out for my account, like, hi, I work for, you know, explaining the deal. And so many people, and this is when the light bulb turned on for me, because I had been working for him for maybe directly, maybe around like three-ish months, three and a half months. And so many people who I saw online who were, in quotes, influencers, were replying back to my message, of course, of course I'll take a book for free. The reason I do what I do is because I read Crush It. The reason I do what I do is because of Gary's content. The re and this was, you know, Gary's huge now, like, to a level that doesn't even compare to where he was then. But he had been making content at that point for at least, you know, a decade or more. And all of these people who, you know, I thought wouldn't even respond, credit Gary with a lot of their success. And that's when the light bulb started going on with me. I was like, what I'm doing day to day and the content I'm helping create is, is affecting people. It's actually impacting people and not just hawking some cookie or a juice. Like this is, this is real. And so I told him very, I was like, I'm sure it's on actually record somewhere because they started doing daily V around that time. I was like, I love this. Like the messages that I'm getting back mean something to me when you are turning this into, you know, what became the inner talent, the personal branding arm. Like I'm interested, I want in on that. And so as soon as that came into being in like August of 2017, no, 2016, I uh, joined the Vayner Talent Arm because I knew that in order for me to feel good about my skills, I needed to be able to replicate what was done with Gary for other people. And then from doing that and working on other people, I realized that I wanted, this is when I was like, okay, I want certain freedom in my life. I want to be able to choose who I work with. And I ended up leaving Vayner May of 2017, end of April, 2017. So it's been almost two years and my business has evolved too. And we can get into that because I'm sure you've, even in the last year, has seen, have seen such evolution in your own business. Yeah, absolutely. That's incredible. That is. Um, I do want to dive into that. But first, what would you say is like, I wonder how I frame this, but what would you say is like the difference between the people that do take off, let's say like Gary, and the people that don't? It's mindset. It's confidence and a belief in yourself. Gary has, and I don't want to call it, it's not ego, it's it's confidence and it's also, it's that self-awareness he talks about, the knowing who you are. We talked about this a little before. Gary's one of a kind. And I work with Marie Forleo. Marie Forleo is one of a kind. And the people copying them, those people don't blow up. Everybody, it's people who have this unique voice, who get used to honing this unique voice, who know themselves, who know their audience, and are just, just kind of embrace that. And that's what it is. And it's this mindset that there is, and I now that's what I've worked on and what I do too. Like, there is no failure. Like, you're just being you. Like, he knew, he was like, this is going to be a number one New York Times bestseller. This is going to be it. Like, even at that time, he knows, he knew he was going to be who he is now. And he's going to be even bigger than he is now because he had that vision and he just kept telling himself and it wasn't, you know, so this is actually something I haven't said publicly that I've been thinking a lot about because most of the people I've worked with who are in this, you know, make seven figures, eight figures, nine figures, like whatever, they have some sort of mindset practice. 
I have a mindset practice. I've been working on those things because I had never considered myself talent or any of these things. So now this possibility is open to me. So I need to be in that mindset of just being myself. And Gary does have a mindset practice in that every day, you know, he's like, this is what he just says, you know, he puts it out into the universe. He's literally repeating it and reinforcing it and it's happening. So he might not have a mindset practice. The man doesn't write at all or read. Like we literally had to, I'd have to call for him to actually review an article. I'd call him and read it to him. So like he doesn't read anything. So he wouldn't have a, like a journaling practice, but he's constantly saying it. And he's kind of telling you what a big deal he is, but in his own way, that's not, it might be off-putting to some people, but it wasn't off-putting. It was like, no, he just, he like just has his own swagger and that's cool. And so I respect that. And I always respected that about him. And that's why I think he's such a big deal because he believes he's a big deal. And then other people buy into it. I love that. And I think it's important. Like if you don't, if you don't believe in what you're selling or in yourself, no one else is going to buy it. And I love what you said about like just being different and being unique, being authentic. I, I remember like when I was first getting, not necessarily first getting started, but when things really started moving for me, I met this guy that I'd been following and I'm like, dude, like I love everything you're working on. He's like, thanks, unfollow me, right? Like not exactly like that, but basically he was telling me like, there's already me, right? You've got to be you, you've got to be cute because there's no one else. You're not going to beat me at being me. And I think you do an incredible job of that. Um, I literally, I bring you up all the time and I'm like, yeah, she's like, you're one of my heroes, but also because you own it and like, you're, you're completely badass and you know, you're not afraid of that. I listen your solo podcast about like your experience in law school and um, talking to students and what you're doing now. And like, like you, you're entirely you. And I, I do think that's important. I totally agree. Like you've got to be able to lean into what makes you authentic. But my question is like, I know a lot of people just don't know themselves. A lot of people don't have that self-awareness. So how do you go about finding that? So it takes practice and it's actually a constant evolution and a moving target. I think about this a lot, like who I am now and who I thought I was even two years ago has evolved and the potential that I know I can achieve has changed. And so it's not like, oh, you're self-aware, so now you're done. So I just want people to realize that like that's not a, a thing. But I do think we hold ourselves, just in general, like I've been part of that corporate culture and I understand how that works. We hold ourselves back a lot in a lot of ways where we don't need to. And we don't work on exercising our voice or doing, or really asking ourselves any questions. So a big component of the work that I really end up doing, aside from the strategy and the personal brand stuff, the majority of the work I do, and I'm going to be talking about this more, is mindset work with people. It's getting over that hump. It's helping them get clear on who they are and having them ask those questions of themselves. People don't even take inventory. They're so busy getting by, but they don't take inventory of how they even feel. Like, do you even like your job? Do you, are you content in your relationships? Or like, have you even thought about it? Do you know why you're feeling the way you feel? So of course that I'm going to be putting out is strictly around clarity, but even asking those questions just makes you feel like, oh, I'm headed in the right direction or no, I'm not. And something I've been telling people a lot to do, and I posted about this recently on Instagram, is to get started finding your own voice. A lot of people don't even realize they have opinions. A lot of, I really didn't think that much about content creation prior to Gary. I wasn't like, oh, I want to be a content creator. I didn't think about that. But then as I was writing for Gary in Gary's voice in Gary's head, I realized I had opinions about these things and yeah. it had nothing to do with Gary. And I wanted those out there. So it's even just, and 
just like baby steps and it can be just related to your industry like you don't need to go out there telling everybody your you know political views like something related to your industry read an article hey what do you think and why don't look at anybody else's opinion what do you think and why and if you're going to put it on linkedin or wherever it is and you're going to share the article give two thoughts give it two sentences the length of the tweet like it doesn't need to be a big deal and so that feeds into that content production and kind of finding your voice and just a little bit of who you are because i know for a lot of people self-discovery is scary and it's deep and yeah not a lot of people want to go into take a mindset course or i used to think mindset and that kind of thing was bullshit like i was for people who either had too much time or too much money or whatever it is and now i realize how important it is because i've heard it from people i respect and so it's like taking those baby steps even just checking in with yourself like just check in like, what do you like why do you do what you do Asking yourself why is so important. People don't ask themselves why. And I don't really know why they don't, but as soon as I start asking them, that's when things start opening. And then taking those things and picking them out. So like, at least when I build a course, I've now worked with enough people and know those triggers and the questions to ask that I can pull out of them what I need to to get to the goals that they want. Because some people don't know what they want or don't know what their goals are or what they like. And all of that comes from asking questions, which is also why I love the podcast, which is why I love conversations like this. It's all questions. Ultimately, asking questions is the answer to everything. The self-awareness thing, the voice thing, the personal brand thing, it's all question asking. Is that why you started a podcast? Was it more, because I know, I know a bunch of people and they all give me different answers. Um, some people do it because they want answers, they want, to discover themselves, um, to generate leads? Like, why did you start yours? I felt like people weren't, one, I felt like people weren't asking the questions that I wanted to be asking. So there's a lot of crap in the online space. Most people know that. I realized I, I was listening to marketing podcasts and I was like, this person doesn't know anything and the questions that they're asking, I can Google. Like, tell me how to actually do this. Like, I wanna know more, like, dig at them, like ask them the real questions and not in a way that's like, I don't know, personal, but like, no, how do you actually do this thing that you're doing? Okay, you're running ads, like get specific, like tell these people. And so I realized that in the marketing influence space, I had a knowledge and a skill set that I could ask people better questions, thereby producing more value. So it was that, obviously it's great for networking and getting in front of people. I wasn't as comfortable in front of video and in front of the camera, so I was like, audio is a great place to start. There's a reason I became a lawyer, and it's not because I should have been a lawyer, but because I'm, I ask questions, and I think that's something that is suppressed in people a lot. Questions, like I said, are the gateway to the self-awareness and to all of the things we want, but in an environment, especially a work environment, questions are not encouraged. People say questions are encouraged, they're not fucking encouraged. It's encouraged to like, be resourceful, but also to just like kind of shut up and do what the person above you tells you to do and cater to what they want. And that's just the reality of it. So all of these instincts are kind of repressed and we need to get them out. And I think that the podcast has been huge in terms of my growth because I have gotten to dig into other points of view. And I think it's great for everybody to like, I know people are like, oh, podcasts are so saturated. Who gives a fuck? Like start a podcast, ask the questions, get comfortable with it. And then the more I started, asking people because i didn't know if people weren't going to want to hear my opinion right away i needed to build that credibility so i was you know a lot of my first guests were people i met because i had to reach out to them for gary at that time 
And then once they hear me interviewing and once they know that I'm giving these thoughtful opinions, that's when people want to hear the solo episodes. That's when it's time where people are like, you should be putting this out. I don't want to be putting out solo episodes and people are like, hey, can I have guests? Now it's the other way. You want people to want to hear what you have to say, but you need to build up a little bit of that credibility first in some ways. No, absolutely. And you are really, really good at pulling out actionable steps. And we were just talking about this before, um, which is lacking in podcasts. And I, I do think it goes back to leaning into what you're good at. Like you're really, really good at that. That's why I listen because I want to know, okay, what should I do? If I want to hear a story, I'm going to go somewhere else. But you're also pulling out the stories, you know, you're leaning into what you're good at. Um, so diving into that, like how would you define influence? It's trust. I mean, plain and simple. It's trust in the, in I guess your area of specialty because, you know, there's some people you go, you trust them for certain things, you don't trust them for other things. But it is that trust factor. And so it's building that equity. And I think what people don't realize is that you can now you can build that equity anywhere if you if you're strategic about it. The world is so open now. There's so much opportunity. But at the most base level influence is trust. Why would you not why? Would you say it's important um, that an everyday person starts to build that brand equity? Why or why not? 100%. We have a personal brand whether you want one or not. And if you're not telling your story, somebody else is going to tell it for you. You hear about things two ways, word of mouth or online. And most of the time it's going to be online. Like these people, I, I was listening to some podcast the other day where somebody was like, oh, well, if you decide to build a personal brand, it's like, no, you have one. The fact is you're not controlling it, but you have one. You're monetizing. And this is a concept that I like to explain to people. No matter what you do, I don't care if you're an employee, you work for yourself, you're monetizing your personal brand. Maybe you don't want to like be out there hawking, you know, hashtag ad, or you don't want to be Gary. I get a lot of people who are like, I don't want to be Gary. You don't need to do any of that. It's not monetizing in that way. But when you get a job or when you get a promotion or when you get a salary increase, all of those elements of who you are and your brand and how they perceive you, that's, that's real and that's out there and they're making decisions every day based on that. The opportunities you get coming into you, all of that is based on people's perception of your personal brand and reputation. Like that's the end of the story. Like you have one. Yeah. And so people who, I just don't understand people who, you know, I don't know if people think like, oh, I need to want to be a speaker to cultivate it. It's like, no, if you grow it, even the things that you're doing now, even if you're the most introverted person who only wants to stay at the same company, you're gonna want to grow in some capacity and that brand equity is what buys you that. Like it gets you that and you don't even have to do that much work if you do it in little increments. It doesn't need to be, you know, mega produced video. It doesn't need to be spending $30,000 a month on an agency. It can be literally just like I said, giving two sentences of your thoughts and having it be intelligent in the area that you're trying to grow your influence in. I love that. And it's it's been so, like without it literally, I don't think we'd be a company. Like. We're one of Milwaukee's fastest growing startups and it's predominantly because all of our founders have built somewhat brand equity, right? Like we're leveraging that to get clients and uh, to get deals and partnerships. So I totally agree. What would you say are some, some first steps that people should take when they're just getting started? Well, the very first thing I actually came up with a free brand audit. Start with where you are. Like take inventory of what's happening right now. Like have you Googled yourself? Like, have you, do you know, like even look at your bios across, 
that's the thing. It's the easiest thing. You know, people always think it's magic, but I'll talk to somebody and I'll be like, okay, they'll tell me what they want and like who they're trying to be. And I'll go to their Instagram or I'll go to their LinkedIn. And I'm like, I got none of that message from this. So even if you're self-aware and you might not be communicating the way that you think you're communicating. So you need to check in with other people, especially people in your ideal audience, people should take the time to go through that. Like you can go through all of the brand stuff, but at the very base level, like what's out there about you? Like just take an inventory and look at your bios, look at like, are you, are you sending out emails? Do you have a website? Do you have your handles? Like just basic shit. Like it doesn't need to be, like I said, you don't need to go out crazy and hire an agency and rebrand everything. Like start with where you are and then work from there. Cause if you don't know where you are, you can't figure out where you're going. So how did you do that for yourself? I know you've done it for other people. I know you crush it, but how did you and how are you doing that for yourself? Yeah, it takes time. That's something else I want to say. Like I said, what I wanted a few years ago might not be what I want now. So it's, it's evolving, but it came with experience. It comes with, we talked about failure a little bit before this, you know, when I left, when I left Vayner, I knew I could replace the I was immediately replacing my salary a little more with, um, like I had two huge consulting clients that I was, that I knew like replaced that. And that was the vision for my business at first. And then going through that. So then at first I was a consultant to X type of people. And I was like, actually, this doesn't feel right. I don't even like this version. And as you're meeting more people and going through day to day, this comes down to paying attention. Notice who you like working with. Notice what you don't like doing. Notice what you do like doing. Like try out different things. And as I started doing that more and speaking to more people and taking on some things that were awesome, some things from projects suck. Just switching up little things to attract more of the things that I want and more of the people that I wanted in my world and less of the other stuff. I am a big fan of niching down. You know, I put out this LinkedIn course in October and then I relaunched it in December and it's available now. And so I don't worry about being pigeonholed. That's something I don't worry about. And I tell other people not to worry about and something I know a lot of people are multi-passionate and they don't worry about being known for one thing first. Everyone that you've seen Gary was known for wine. Everybody has been known for something first and then they branch out. People need to care about you and really they don't care about you for the most part until later they need to get the value like it's always about the audience so it's like okay what are you providing them and then from there you move into something so like i've had a few people ask me if i'm worried about being pigeonholed as a linkedin person i'm like no because i know how to build brand like i talk about it other places like i'll pivot like it's okay to commit to one thing and pick a lane, especially for younger people who are worried about that. Or you can try like three different things in the same area, but then niche down, be known for something, build that credibility, and you can shift just like in little increments. Or you can completely, you know, some people will want to just kind of rebrand, but then you just have to be consistent. There's really no like secrets, but it comes from paying attention to yourself and then just making sure that you're like when I made a shift, anytime I make a shift in my business, I make sure that my website reflects that shift, that my bios reflect that shift, that how I'm showing up and talking about myself is reflecting that shift. And then you're just, you're there. Like that's what it is. Yeah. So it doesn't need to be some, I don't know, some epic thing. I think people just overcomplicate it. 
I love that you bring that up because that's probably one of the that was probably the main thing that I struggled with all of all of last year. Like I, I didn't want to be known as a LinkedIn person. Like that pisses me off. I still don't want to be known as a LinkedIn person. You but know? it's like so what? But like yeah. if you're known as a LinkedIn person, like for me, you guys have done such a good job with Milwaukee. But it's like the LinkedIn person to me, the LinkedIn person, and also building depending on how you position yourself as the LinkedIn person is also the personal brand person. Is also the business person. Is also the person. Like to me, I'm a business person. And I'm an entrepreneur, and I don't think women own that enough, and that's a whole other topic. But I'm going to own that space. Like, that space is going to be what people know me for. But it's only a matter of time. I want people to know me for influence and personal branding, but if they only know me as the LinkedIn person right now, and that means that that's why they're going to want me on their stage or on their show or to talk to me, great. Like, let's start that relationship. I just feel like every relationship like that is just the start. It's the conduit to something bigger. And it's one thing I understand if, like, Let's say LinkedIn and the internet is something completely different than what, I don't even know what it would be that you'd want that's so completely different. It just filters into the content and to everything to me. Like to me, I always see those paths and that's why I think I am good at what I do. I'm like, oh, it's, to me, if you want to be known as this and you want to be making whatever, oh, we can get from here to there. Like that makes sense to me. And so that's why I don't worry about it. Yeah. But I need to show people how to do that for themselves in addition to also doing it for them to help them get there. No, I love that. And I, like, I studied, um, Lewis Howes a lot. Um, and then I was listening to your episode with Sean Cannell and they reminded me of like this picture, basically you draw a circle, um, and you take these different things that you're focusing on. You're only going to go like two feet, right? Draw another circle. You focus on one thing that you're doing. You're going to go like 200 feet. So you're going to get a lot further. It took me a long, long time to realize that, but, um, I, I 1000% agree. What would you say to someone that maybe they're at that 200 foot mark? How do they get to 300? How do they get to a thousand and start branching out to other things once they feel like they're there? Or is that just trust? It's trust, but it's, it's consistency. Like, I guess it depends how, you shouldn't be niching down in something that makes you miserable. Like, if you really, like, you wouldn't hate LinkedIn. But I'm saying, like, if you hated LinkedIn, if you did hate LinkedIn, even if you had this whatever, I would start incorporating other content in the area that you want to move into immediately. Because I wouldn't want you or anybody, you know, advising you would not want you to live in that space where you feel that way and don't want to be known as XYZ thing. Like you can get out of it. But at the end of the day, it's about showing up consistently in the area that you want to be known in. So I have the three laws that I talk about when it comes to branding and that all, all huge personal brands have, all huge regular brands have, it's clarity. So you need to know who, it's internal and external clarity. So internal clarity is the self-awareness piece. That's you knowing what you're about, who you actually want to be, what you like, positioning yourself that way. And the external clarity is the that the bios, knowing who your audience is, your why, and making sure that that's communicated. So that needs to happen. Then there's the consistent content that ladders up to that. And then there's the community piece. Like people, I think people think because they put whatever on their bio, that that's just going to attract people. And sure, there's SEO components and whatever, maybe you pop up in search, but the way you build your community and actively outreaching to the people you want in your audience is so much the game. Like the people that you see on Instagram who have huge, actual, genuine followings, it's the engagement piece. It is strategic engagement. All of those people are using tools to strategically engage with the people they want in their audience and leave meaningful comments. 
That's why LinkedIn's been so great because the comments with the algorithm show up as content in other people's feeds. And so that builds brand equity. Like you don't even need to be making like crazy epic content. You can just be leaving smart comments and that access content. And so it's just inserting yourself in that world, but it's those baby steps. Like if you want to be, if you're not where you want to be, aside from like adjusting your bio and kind of making it clear the type of person you want to be meeting, start having those conversations. So many people don't, we have so many resources, so many things, start the podcast to get in front of, start a podcast to get in front of those people. Like just have conversations, not asking for anything, just add smart value. Like just start, it's, to me, it's so obvious to have, uh, to be engaging with people, but that's like the trick. I love that. I want to touch on the three laws a bit more. Um, how do you, or what are some questions maybe, or how do you go about finding that clarity, external and internal? Questions, questions, questions. The, like, no joke in my course, the, and I talk about it because I put it all together. Because when I work with someone one-on-one, -on -one, I ask them a million questions. I can actually give somebody a year's worth of content in definitely two hours and in one hour. I know I can do it through <laughs> asking them, through giving them a questionnaire and, and just sitting with them and recording it. Like I can give you a year's worth of content strategy and clarify where you're going and do the whole thing. The piece that's missing is the mindset piece and that's what stops people, which is why I've been talking a lot more about mindset because I can give you, I can give you the strategy that will get you on the stage or do whatever it is you want. But if you can't execute because you have issues of, you know, worthiness or you're confused about certain things or all of these other elements come up, you're not going to do it. And so at least I do incorporate that before I even talk about the clarity is the mindset thing because people do psych themselves out. But what it is, it's, it's an intense, essentially and a very intense questioning of who you are, why you do what you do, your present, your past, and your future. Like run you through a 10 year vision plan. I make you pick a lane. I'm, I like questions, 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 but people find it's the, one of the most valuable things and then it feels like therapy, but it's like worth the money in itself is just getting clear on who you are and even asking those questions. And then when it comes to content, you know, people are like, oh, I don't, I don't know what to make content around. Like I created a sheet there that's like, here's a year's, I can ask you enough questions. Again, it's asking questions related to the things that you talked about in the clarity piece these questions will give you a year's worth of content. And then you just keep asking, like you can always break things down. Like the topics, like every topic is, it just has so many other elements to it. Like we're like, oh, clarity. And it's like, okay, well there's internal clarity, external clarity, there's the audience, there's the why, who, what, when, where, how, what about every job you've ever had? What about, you know, what did you like about those jobs? What didn't you like about those jobs? That's. 40 pieces of content right there if you write about if you think about any of that stuff but pe people don't think that way you know they're like oh i'm this person it's like no no no. you have experience in this or like your first job what about the first time you got fired the first time you got hired why are you interested in this why is it's all questions and then helping take those pieces and those answers and then for the linkedin laws it's specific to like best practices on LinkedIn, but essentially those laws work. They work on Instagram. They work on your website. They work everywhere. It's across the board. So no secrets. I love that. In terms of the last, last law community, um, mm -hmm. 
I see a lot of people that like, they confuse community with followers. Um, what would you say? Just tell me about your law first. Let's start there. So the community piece for me is that's that's the engagement, that's the connections, that's building, the, that's finding the true people who are right for you and who you're right for. That's building that brand equity. And I think that's, like I said, that's so essential, but it works the best when you're clear on who you are, especially on LinkedIn, because, you know, if you're, headline doesn't make sense or your picture is weird or whatever it is, the people that you are trying to attract might not respond the way that, that they should, you know, like even if you leave a great comment and they go to your profile to investigate more and it's just, it's like a job that you had, you know, five years ago. So the community piece is super important, but people do get, I know we're in a, you know, follower in quotes, influencer culture. I talk about this all the time on my podcast, that Kevin Kelly essay with a thousand true fans. You only need a thousand true fans to, let's say, pay you a hundred bucks. These are people who are like your diehards to make six figures. Like that's just the end of the story. There's so many, I think it's so funny how warped it is because uh, I have a few friends who are successful photographers and they don't necessarily have huge followings on Instagram but they command a very high fee and they make a ton of money. It has nothing to do with their follower accounts. And you'll get in, in quotes influencers who really aren't making money, who do have a lot of followers who don't know how to monetize, just wanting to do like a free collab. And these people are like, what do you like? We don't need your free collab. Like this isn't, it. you need to know like what, what moves the needle for you because hey i i also say that i pass no judgment and i don't pass judgment if followers are your deal and you want a lot of followers we can go for that but if you want to monetize and you want to build something that's real and lasting that's a different conversation and that's the conversation i prefer to have which is why i started including in my marketing and this comes with clarity I realize I like working with entrepreneurs specifically or people who are entrepreneurial minded. So you can be an entrepreneur, but you need to have that inclination toward business to build something long lasting. I don't like flash in the pan. That doesn't get me going. What gets me going is people who want to make an impact and people who are entrepreneurs and are building businesses, they have to have a bigger vision because if they don't, they will not be successful. You cannot, you know this, you can't build a business you can't just build a business to build a business. Like you need to live it, breathe it, eat it, like be obsessed with it. So that's why I love building personal brands for those people because they usually have a strong sense of purpose and a strong why. And so to articulate that and bring it out, those people, like that's where the influence is. And so people who fuck with the, you know, just the like, I want a brand deal or whatever. Like that's cool, but what's your bigger vision? Because otherwise it's not going to be sustaining. So that's, that's kind of my beef with that. I know yeah. I went off on a tangent, but. No, I that. I think one of my favorite things you ever said or tweeted, I'm not sure where it came from, but you said I'd, I'd rather, I'd take an extra zero on my bank account than on my follower account any day. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like, I, I mean, I'm more, you know, talk about money mindset, but to me that, that bottom line, like that's more of an indicator of success to me. I don't know, people can buy followers. People aren't just going to hand you money. Like the money at least was earned in some capacity through some skill and who I am and what I provide and that value, that's fulfilling to me. But again, whatever's fulfilling to you, yeah. like I can't tell you what's fulfilling to you in that way and you're free to do what you want. Can you take me back to the, when you were 
I know you said you had two major consulting clients that essentially covered what you were making at Vayner. Um, after that, what happened? Like, how did you grow? Like, how did you continuously make money? Where are these clients coming from? What happened? So when I left Vayner, I had the two clients I was working with. And during that time, one of the clients I was working with, I was traveling with a lot. So the, the thing about Vayner is at the time, because of the work environment and the, like, listen, I work long hours at every job. So Vayner was no different. And I think Vayner was actually even easier to, to like sit through everything. People talk about the hustle culture. I didn't think it was, I thought Hollywood was way more intense <laughs> to be completely honest about it. But I didn't have time to network, to meet people. Like if the networking I was doing were those people I was DMing on Instagram and I didn't get to meet those people in person until I was out the door. And that was something that I did like and need in my life. And so I was traveling a lot and I now had the freedom to, to shake hands and meet people. And, and uh, I got to meet a ton of people. I realized, here's the thing, the two clients I had were actually working with Vayner talent, but I was actually now on the brand side approving Vayner's work. So this was a different dynamic. So this is when I started to realize that like, I knew I knew what I was doing, but then I really realized I knew what I was doing. And so I was becoming really solid in my, in my approach that way. And then with the consulting, if you're consulting someone and they're not doing what you suggest, that starts to get frustrating on some levels, as I'm sure some consultants can attest to. So for me, I realized I needed to be putting my money where my mouth was. I needed to be creating content. I had been holding off on the podcast till after I got out. Um, I started the podcast around October of 2017, which was when I realized that I just, basically I wanted to show future people and even the clients I was working with, like this stuff works. This stuff works. I'm going to be consistent. Like if you're not going to be consistent, I'm going to be super consistent. I'm going to show you that what I have to say and do works. And so I started doing that. And as I started doing that and posting my own content, it didn't take very long for honestly, like by October, I think I got asked to speak at something by November. I wasn't even trying to do that. I haven't even done any outbound for speaking and things started coming in just from creating content. And at that time I was also, so I took on another client, Marie Forleo, who's pretty well known in the online social space. I started working with her in the summer and kind of encouraging her to get on Instagram and kind of building that out. And I realized I didn't, and it has nothing to do with anyone I worked with. I realized that I didn't want to be part of anyone's team full time by the end of that year. So the end of 2017, I was like, you know what? with the opportunities coming in and like I said I didn't realize I could be doing stuff on my own but it was coming to me I was putting things out there that I wanted to put out there around business and people were coming to me to work with me to want me to speak to want me to show up I was like actually like I find this way more fulfilling and I like helping other people with their messages but to show up day to day to be on a schedule someone else's schedule that just wasn't appealing to me anymore and I worked with Marie through the B school launch of last year and she was great. And I learned a lot from just being exposed to that online course world because that opened my eyes to, I was sick of the time for money exchange and that's yeah. a whole other conversation, but I didn't want to, I wanted to be able to scale myself because I was limited by the amount of clients I could take on to make money in that way. And so I knew that that wasn't working. And then I take, I did take on one client that year in 2018 that I was like, 
I don't talk about it that much, but I was like, oh, this is like exactly, I'm out of the content creation game. I don't want to be, I was very active over that year in actually still making content for people. And I really wanted to step in the role of really consultant or coach to that way where it's like, listen, I'm going to tell you what to do. You're responsible for your own success. I was still at that time in 2017 responsible for other people's work. And I did not want to be responsible for other people's work. I wanted them to be responsible for their work because that's honestly, that's the way it should be. Someone at Marie's level, she has a team and whatnot. So that's a different story. She's very responsible for her work, but there are other people just that you work with that you're like, no, I'm not going to do this for you. Or this is something I don't like to, it's a pet peeve. When people want to outsource all of their content right away. And I just told you how earlier on how important voice is. Mm. Voice is so important. People need to hear your voice. They don't want my opinion on your expertise. I don't have that expertise. I'm here to help you grow your influence in your area, but you don't even want to be growing your, like what's happening here? This isn't, content isn't just something to be pushed out. I know that that's like the thing now, but I'd rather not put out content for four days and then put out something that really hits home than put out shit that somebody else wrote every day. And that's just me. I'm not a big fan of the stock photo thing. I'm not a fan of any of that stuff. I care a lot about the voice. I've seen how important it is to maintain that voice consistency. Gary's able to have a team, and this is why Gary's thing works, is because he's made so much content in his own voice that I could get in his head and the team can get in his head, and we know how to write like him, and he checks it. He preserves that voice. Marie also reviews everything. But there are some people who just want to throw money at it and they want you to come up with their voice. And it's like, no, 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 because if I leave and you bring someone else in, that's gonna sound like someone else. And that's gonna sound like someone else. And so that's where I was really like, I don't want, we're stopping here. And so that's kind of my business really evolved in 2018 where I started saying no to more things, even if people were offering money or whatever it was, it's like, no, I don't wanna be doing that. And just getting really clear on what I did want, which was also more freedom and to try to teach people at scale, because I realized that there were these people paying for like a Vayner talent that's $30,000 a month, but there's a whole group of entrepreneurial people who want to be creating content are super busy, are building their businesses, but don't either, you know, aren't clear on their brand or don't know how to do it or whatever. I know how to show them how to do that. So it was just figuring out how to package that in a way and pull out the system and what I was doing for people at that high level to put it in a way that can be accessible to them. Because I think those are the people that need it the most. Like it's easy when you have a ton of money to just throw whatever at the problem. But it's this other people who are really on the grind and like need that exposure that, that appeal to me. Respect. I love that. I totally like, unrelated to everything you just said but what's going through your mind as like you're answering these questions because you like you get fired dude like like super super passionate like i can tell you like i don't know flow state or something but what's going just, through your mind i just think about and this is why i do what i do i just think about all of the experiences i've had and the value and this is this is how you have to feel about your business the value that i can add for people and I get excited that anybody wants to interview me. Like, it's an honor to be interviewed here. It's an honor when anybody wants to come on my podcast. It's an honor to help people get what they want. And like, I know personal branding is a hot, I didn't choose personal branding because it was a hot thing. I didn't choose to make a course on LinkedIn because it was hot. I chose it because that's the best place right now for the majority of people to build their brands and their influence. And I want to make it easy for people. And I have, you know, that's my goal. I want people, 
I thought I was destined on this like quote unquote safe and practical path to have this life that I didn't even want. And so right now I've switched industries. I know nothing is set in stone. People have so much potential like, to do whatever it is they want. Like, I don't know if you want to call it lifestyle design, whatever you want to call it in their business in their life. I work from home, I get to travel, I get to do all of these things and I get to make money and create passive income and all of these things that seem like bullshit or seemed unrealistic. You can have whatever you want now. And it's been a lot, I get so excited thinking about educating people about those things and that they aren't stuck doing it. Like, okay, I didn't like consulting. Yeah, guess what? I had to like stop working with people who were paying me a lot of money and take that risk. But I also had to have the confidence in myself that I know what I'm doing. And if I don't know what I'm doing, I'm going to figure it out. And I want to instill that in other people. And if I can be that example or people can look to me and say like, hey, she did it and she's not that different or that special. Great. Like think that so you can do it. Like I'm not different or special. I'm just doing it. And so that's why I get excited about it. <laughs> I love that. I love that you talk about that. I feel the same way. Um, I've got a few more questions. I don't want to take up a shit ton of your time. Um, one, so this is a strange on purpose podcast. So what about, and I think you've answered this over and over again, but what about you goes against the grain? How are you, what makes you a misfit? How are you strange on purpose? I always thought I was strange. I've always, <laughs> my friend about this who works for me now, I never really gave a shit what anyone thought. Like, even in high school, just in general, and, I, you know, she was talking to me about this the other day, because she was like, I was thinking about why you don't care. And a part of that has to do with, and no offense to anybody I grew up with or anything, but it has to do with who's giving that advice and that respect level. And I think I always had just a really strong sense of, of knowing that I didn't value other people's opinions more than mine. I felt like, yes, people have value to add. Of course, you know, like people come before you, like I understood experience. You know, I obviously was a good student. Like I, I respected opinions to some degree or authority to some degree, but I also understood pretty early that not everyone's opinion needed to be taken that personally. And so I kind of just did, I always kind of started to do what was right for me. And I held back a little bit in the professional world. And every time I held back on who I was at all, I was not going to last in that job very long. And the more that, and this kind of comes with the developing yourself, the more that I ended up just putting myself out there and being honest and talking about what I want to talk about and all of those things, the more my business would grow. The more people were like, oh my God, you're saying the thing that you know, I didn't think I could say, or I totally agree with that, or I hate doing this too, or whatever it is. I found that every time I've spoken my mind, it's been a benefit. And it's ultimately a benefit. I know there's so many people who come to me that they're scared that if they start, you know, maybe talking about their side hustle or the thing that they're passionate about, they're going to get fired or whatever it is. We don't have to get fired from that. Like there's diplomatic ways to grow inside an organization, but like, if you do get fired, so what? Like, that's kind of been my my stance on that with the fear settings. Like, so what? That means that that's not where you're supposed to be. Why wouldn't you want the freedom to now go pursue the thing that you actually want? People cling to the safety. So for me, it was, I'm just weird that way. Like, I just, I don't even, I don't think that should be weird, but think what I think, and I do what I like, and I 
I've created a business where I can be who I am. And the more, like I said, the more, this is kind of why I feel like I was made for entrepreneurship in certain ways. I can't, I hold back when I work for someone else. I realize that now. There's a little piece of me, and maybe that's the student in me that caters to the person who's making that decision. And I don't like that. I want to be completely free of those constraints. And so I need to work for myself. And the, when I, making content, working for myself and doing this has allowed me to be that much more impactful. But that's my personality. And so for some people, you should stay in your job or whatever it is you want to do. Like, you don't have to do that. I don't like encouraging people to just, you know, you know, quit their job or just start a business because it is very difficult. But it was inevitable for me because I would feel in my stomach, I don't know if you get that way. If I'm not being me, I start to feel sick. And now over time, if I'm being inauthentic in any way, because I do think that is a muscle, I get, like, I'll feel it right away in my gut. Like, right away. I get sick. I love that. And I love that you know yourself so well. Um, I did want to go back to something you said even before we started recording, but you were talking about um, um, someone sent you a message, and it resonated with me because, especially like when you, I think for anyone really, but me specifically, like being young, um, being black and any other label you want to throw on me, it's very, very different from the status quo. And I have always, not always, but when I was first getting started, it was very hard for me to not um, look at that stereotypical persona of a CEO or of a leader or of a founder. Um, can you just talk about a little bit about what happened and how you reacted to that? Yeah, so I was super fired up today and I still am and I'm going to make content around it. People do ask me about haters, but I'm running ads for the LinkedIn laws and I'm running them on Instagram and Facebook because, well, one, that's also the cheapest place to run ads and that's an audience who might not be using LinkedIn and why and educating them. It just makes sense to run ads there. Anyway, somebody left me a message, I can pull it up, that's like, your entire page is filled with, in quotes, modeling photos. How is that educational for business owners? You're also using Instagram to promote your personal brand, like blah, 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 blah. And here's the deal, like, he was saying, like, oh, your message is, like, that's confusing. I was like, no, actually, my message is really clear. I might just not be for you. Like, branding and business does not need to look a certain way. For me, like, there are, and I want to get this point home, there are literally no rules in how your brand or your business or your influence looks, 100%. The laws that I created, yes, you should be clear, yes, you should be consistent, and yes, you should engage with your audience. That doesn't have anything to do with how you need to show up and present yourself. I don't give any constraints on that because there is an audience for you, no matter how obscure or weird or normal or whatever it is you are. But just because I don't fit whatever the mold is, listen, that's Instagram. This is a photo platform, so yes, there's photos of me on it. That just makes sense. I'm not going to conform and change how I look. And I've always been very sensitive to the fact that I was going to show up differently than other business women in the space. A lot of the business women I saw in the space before I, you know, before I really kind of entered the online world for myself, like when I was making content, still working for Gary and I was posting content, I look at the women, they were all smiling. It was all very sterile, all very pink and white. A lot of the, in quotes, business women who are business women, they make great money. That's not me. I want to show up as me because I didn't want to meet somebody out. I love when people are like, you're exactly like I think you are on the podcast. Like, is exactly like you sound. You're exactly like you show up. That's so much easier in life. You're not going to create the content. You're not going to create the impact. 
if you're pretending to be someone else. And like for that guy, like that's cool. I know it stops people worry about comments like that. For me, it's just like, hey, you know what? If you want just like quote cards or whatever, like somebody who looks the way you want, there's plenty of that. That's cool. You don't need to leave the comment. You probably shouldn't. But at the end of the day, like, I'm about leveraging what makes you unique. There's plenty of other people. I'm platform agnostic. So yeah, I'm using Instagram because I build brand everywhere. So it just makes sense because that's what it is. And like I said, LinkedIn's the best place to do it. But you don't need to show up as somebody else's opinion of what business or branding looks like. And I just think it's so important because people get so hurt by, and I know negative comments tend to affect us way more than positive ones. You can get 10 positive ones and you'll remember the one negative comment. But of course, do you look at that person's account? It's a private account. They're definitely not in a business that I want to be in. They probably have nothing to do with branding. It's like you have to take, this is where building confidence matters. You have to take that opinion with a grain of salt and not change up what you're doing and be confident enough in what you're doing and who you are that you can just keep going on the path. Because if that one person is enough to get me to change my business model when I can help and have helped so many other people, that's ridiculous. And we give so much power to randoms and we shouldn't. And yeah, based on, I know, you know, you're a young guy, so maybe certain older executives don't want to listen to you. So then they can hire someone else. Or vice versa. Like, that's just what it is. There's so many options, and there are obviously plenty of people who you do appeal to. And it's hard. I mean, you know, nobody wants to feel like it's a rejection of you, and I think that's the big thing. It's like if you put yourself out as you actually are, you're rejecting. This man is rejecting me and who I am. But also, I'm confident in who I am, so I don't give a shit. And I don't care who he is. Like, that's that's irrelevant to me. And I think remembering that there are people there, no matter how strange or weird or whatever you might think you are, there are people who resonate with that and want to hear that and don't want to hear some watered down version or some copy of the shit Gary says or whatever it is. Like just exercise your own voice, which is again, like why I'm so passionate because everyone's experience is different and they need to be putting that out there because nobody, I don't want a second rate, you know, Lewis Howes. Like, that's stupid. I don't care. Like, he has his own story. Like, people just need to get comfortable with themselves. And it's not easy. But I'm trying to teach it. I love that. And it makes you so much more attractive when you're leaning into what makes you you. We just put together our, our misfit manifesto, which basically, like, who we are, what we believe, where we're going. And then even, like, people we work with, a lot of people don't like us. We say no to a lot of people. But the people that we do say yes to and say yes to us, it's the best relationship. Client-wise, sponsorship-wise, like employee-wise, so a thousand percent, I agree. So super fans, I, I always think it's crazy because I don't know how many jobs other people have had, but nobody likes everybody. Like that's just life. Like people are so worried about it, but you don't like everybody. Like that's just the case. Even like colleagues or whatever. So you're gonna you're gonna get that. Why would you expect that everyone online? Start understanding the internet where people can leave whatever comments. Not everyone's going to like you. Like. That's just a fact of life, like day to day. So it's it's realizing that that it's no different than that. I mean, there are just some people that are bigger assholes, and that's cool. That's <laughs> Retweet. Um, well, I appreciate you coming up. Um, what should what should people where should they check you out? What should they be paying attention to? What's next? Where should they go? So everything you need to know is at BrittanyCrystal.com, and it's T T A M Y K R Y S T L E. Um, 
on Instagram, on LinkedIn. I have the Beyond Influential podcast, and you can find that pretty much anywhere and on my website. Also iTunes, Spotify, all of the usual places. And coming up, aside from I have the LinkedIn laws, I'm building out a specific clarity course to help people that really want to kind of the multi-passionate entrepreneur, the person who needs to pick a lane and really just figure out their messaging. That's coming. And then something I felt passionate about too is coming up on two years in business, there are some things that, you know how you don't always know what you don't know until there's an issue? <laughs> well, I want to I cut out some of that because I, I'm a lawyer, but I realized right away I needed a lawyer. So I'm working with my lawyer on a course that's kind of a package for people who are getting started in the first year or two of their business to really make sure it's legitimate, how to hire the lawyer, what kind of finance professional you need, what kind of contracts do you need, what's happening operationally, just to so you have that baseline and really kind of educating in that space because I feel like there's a lot of people giving advice and I've heard people on podcasts giving legal advice, we're not lawyers. And there's a lot of things out there like, oh, with this brand deal, you should be doing this. And it's like, if you have a manager, you actually need a lawyer too. And all of these different elements that people don't think of until until there's a problem and you want to get ahead of it, especially with just basics. So that's where I'm headed right now. I'm just putting out more stuff. That's incredible and very much needed. I wish I had that when I started. So I appreciate you coming on. Keep crushing it. And thank you for being you. Well, thank you so much.